Welcome to Modern Church Leader, a short daily show to help you grow your church, be more effective and efficient, and powerful for the kingdom of God. Sunday school lessons have this reputation for being dry. Is that necessarily fair? I mean, maybe there's a little bit of fairness to that assessment, uh, to that assessment right? Just, just maybe, right? We all have an image in our mind and experience of when a Sunday school lesson was boring, right? The Google image results for Sunday school lesson contain a horde of like small text, 90s clip art, simplistic concepts, you know, child-oriented language. But your church doesn't have to choose between making your Sunday school lessons, number one, a, a dry theology lecture, and number two, like a kiddie first grade flannel graph kind of thing, right? You can host engaging, interesting, exciting discussions during Sunday school that all ages find instructive and don't sacrifice like depth for simplicity, right? Achieving an engaging Sunday school culture in your church really all comes down to a few key principles about audience engagement. And people are more willing to listen to audio lectures and books and talks for hours and hours and hours, right? TEDx talks have billions of views online and people watch them all the time and don't have any problem staying engaged. Podcasts are currently the largest source of consumed media in the world. That gives us an indication that attention span isn't exactly the problem, okay? Companies such as The Great Courses, Audible, Masterclass, all keep hundreds of millions of people captive for hours and hours and hours on end. Now, in this video, we're going to help unpack and apply those audience engagement principles that make deep content exciting, and then apply those principles to a few Sunday school lesson ideas to help you start planning a new kind of Sunday school lesson for your church, the kind that actually attracts uh, interested and interesting people, but doesn't sacrifice depth for teachability. So let's jump right into these principles and see how we can actually apply them in real life to real church Sunday school scenarios. So what are the principles? The principles we'll unpack here are often overlooked rules that every master communicator follows. However, we're going to articulate them in a way that makes sense for Sunday school teachers so that we don't have to translate foreign concepts into the Sunday school environment, right? We're not trying to duct tape together two, two skill sets to make something great. Master these skills, and you've mastered the foundation of building an engaged Sunday school audience. So number one, engage and know your audience. So this is probably the most important thing. It's really easy to create a Sunday school lecture based on what you think a Sunday school lessons look like, right? If you give a 13-year-old a lecture, they're going to tune you out in 10 seconds and they have a nose for these things when things will be boring, right? And if you give an adult a lecture, you can basically kind of expect the same thing, right? But if you apply childish principles to the to to the design or the content of your Sunday school lesson, they're going to tune you out because they feel condescended to. However, you need to apply child-appropriate activities, participation opportunities, and teaching tactics to a room of children if you're ever going to teach them anything. You have to understand your audience, okay? So what's the TLDR here, right? What's the summary for uh, all this mumbo-jumbo? No matter your audience, no matter who they are, you need to be engaging, okay? The burden is on you to be engaging, not on your audience to be attentive. So if you bring like an entitled attitude to your Sunday school lesson, right? Like, hey, like, listen up, listen up. This is important, right? You're going to have a dying Sunday school culture. You're going to have a dying Sunday school ministry. Nobody's going to want to come back. But once you've decided to take the responsibility to be engaging, you need to ask yourself, engaging for whom? 
children, adolescents, late teens, adults. Then you adjust your content strategy. You adjust your uh, creative approach to creating a Sunday school lesson accordingly. Children in particular want to be physically engaged, right? Get them acting physically in unison. You know, raise your hand if, touch your nose if, right? Has anyone ever, right? Think controlled chaos, okay? Pick one point and spend the whole time illustrating that point with physical participation and keep it to one point, okay? Preteens want to be humorously engaged, right? If you can make them laugh, you can make them cry. No joke, come with at least 10 jokes. Seriously, this is not a joke. Keep keep it to one point, but engage them humorously, okay? Late teens want to be engaged existentially. They want to know how things apply to real life. They're going to assume that anything you say is just as boring and irrelevant as biology class. Start where they are and then move on from there. And again, keep it to one point. Now moving on to adults. Adults actually do want to be engaged intellectually. And this is the one audience who can track with you for more than just one point. But don't just give them a fire hose of information. The best way to get adults interested in what you're saying is to ask an intriguing question, right? Try to turn a a common issue on its head. Why is it that when Jesus is accused of blasphemy, he responds with this question? But which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? Why does he respond to blasphemy with that question? See what I did there? Why didn't he just say, I'm not a blasphemer? Why did he ask a question in response to this serious allegation? Now you want to know the answer, right? Well, why did he answer that way? Why didn't he just respond to them? Boom. Consider yourself Sunday school. <laughs> okay. Apply these audience-specific principles to your Sunday school lesson and your preparation for that lesson as you write your lesson plan. Okay. Know your audience and engage them accord- uh, accordingly. Principle number one. Principle number two. Choose a topic or a text. Okay. Do not complicate things, right? Are you teaching on a topic or a text. We've all seen those Sunday school lesson plans that are just, they look like, uh, you know, like an an atlas of the sea with infinite detail, right? And, And what do a topic and a text have in common? They both contain ideas. Now, no matter what, you'll be trying to communicate what preachers call the main idea. No matter what you're teaching on, no matter what your lesson contains, the main idea is going to be the central focus. But don't try to use a text as a platform for some hobby topic, right? Or use a topic as an excuse to talk about theology without any application. Both the topical and the textual approach both require biblical reflection, no doubt. Both will require a conceptual unpacking and an application, right? But narrow down very, very specifically for the sake of your audience. Am I teaching on a topic or a text? Then what topic or text am I teaching on? And keeping it focused to that. Pick only one. It's really easy to get distracted. It's really easy to get that spaghetti brain where everything's everywhere and this relates to 10 things, right? Just pick one and go with a topic or a text. Now, three, don't teach on, teach that, okay? Even if you have three points, you should be able to summarize your idea in one claim, right? Don't say, oh, I'm teaching on forgiveness. Say, I'm teaching that forgiving others is crucial for experiencing God's forgiveness, okay? Don't try to stay on topic. Try to stay on claim. Thinking in this way sort of forces you to always stay on claim. It doesn't let you start sermonizing or rambling or getting off track, right? It forces you to always come back to the claim. How does what I'm saying right now unpack or, or, or illustrate or defend or deepen our understanding of this claim? Okay, so don't teach on, teach 
that, okay? Uh, number four, fit everything on a one page. Now, this is a good discipline sort of for every teacher, right? Don't print 10 pages of notes and just like read them to your students. And, and then what I was thinking was, and then they're just watching you read, right? Put everything on one page. And, and doing that forces you to make eye contact with your students, master your content, engage your audience in a face-to-face in -face manner that actually lets them know, hey, I care about you and we're in this together, right? Then they're engaged. Nobody needs you to read an article to them. They literally don't need that, okay? Sunday school should never be reading a manuscript. It should never just be going through the points, okay? If you need notes so badly that you have to read them verbatim, it actually means you're not sufficiently prepared for the lesson. Teaching a concept that you understand is ideal, okay? Teach a concept that you understand well enough to teach from a one page. Five, make no more than three points. So we've already said that you should keep it to one point, right? More than that, one claim. However, it, it's fine to break that point down into multiple, you know, sub points or something like that. But often the very nature of teaching is breaking down a simple concept into multiple more nuanced concepts. That's actually what instruction is. And this is fine and should be expected in the lesson, right? Just make sure that you're always explaining how your subpoints relate back to the main point that you're making. Okay. Number six, illustrate every single point and subpoint you make. All right. If you can't illustrate it, you probably don't get it, which is sort of a hard ego thing to overcome for a Sunday school instructor, right? You have to submit yourself to the idea. And this puts you back again to your preparation. Now, none of us could illustrate every idea we understand on the spot, of course, right? If you asked me to explain everything I claim to understand, I probably couldn't immediately. But with some prep time, I could probably come up with an illustration for every concept that I truly understand. Do, you, do your students the same courtesy as, as you would like if you're learning a new idea, right? If the lesson is too like abstract and up in the clouds, it, it's just not going to stick with them, at which point you've got to ask, why are we doing this, right? People don't remember abstract concepts alone. People remember pictures, smells, sounds, and stories. Use those elements as the prime matter of your lesson. Number seven, pre-write at least three question and answer type of interactive uh, elements to your lesson. So I can't stand it when people <laughs> kind of end. Well, I can stand it because I do stand it, but, but it's difficult for me to stand when people end lessons with any questions and then wait in silence. What questions should I be asking, <laughs> right? Could you take the lead? You're the one who prepared the content, right? And, and uh, as a teacher in leading in a discussion, uh, you, you should do so not by asking any questions, but by asking your students a question. What came to mind when Jesus did this? How did you feel when David dot, 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 right? Uh, why do you think Paul said this and not that, right? Coming up with these questions uh, by doing this, you, you're engaging your audience's imagination throughout the lesson, giving them less time and opportunity to kind of space out. Number eight, we've already touched on this a little bit, but it's really key. Keep it simple. Even for complicated topics and texts, speak in vocabulary, concepts, and ways that are as simple as possible, right? Don't use a Sunday school lesson as an opportunity to show how smart you are and how many words you know. Not that you do this, but sometimes it's easy for us to slip into that, right? There's some wisdom about acting that kind of applies here, right? If you're watching a movie and think to yourself, wow, that, that guy's a fantastic actor. Well, then he's actually not a fantastic actor, right? If you're watching a movie and think, wow, that character is so evil. I, I hate him, right? That's a good actor. Same for teaching, right? 
Help your students to be in awe of the ideas and stories about Jesus, not you. Number nine, make it interesting. And this might be the most difficult part of Sunday school lesson prep is actually making it interesting, right? You got your content and you're like, I hope it's interesting, but making it interesting, inflecting it to be interesting, right? Don't do a lesson on Romans or John unless it's like a new Christians class, right? Pick a topic or perspective or angle or approach that's novel enough to make the topic or text itself intriguing, right? Most Christians have heard all the cliches, the books, and the lessons already, or they're probably even watching it online with some course, right? Give them something new. Find a way to make Sunday school fresh and rescue it from its reputation of being so stale. Number 10, don't always think in terms of a series, right? Sunday school lessons are notorious for like being a series. And Hey, listen, I, I understand, like if you want to cover an important topic, you know, you want more than just one day to talk about it, but don't fall into this trap, right? That's that there's bait, right? The problem with doing a series is that if people miss one lecture, they kind of feel like they can't come to the next lecture for feel, fear of being kind of lost or like, what do we even talk about, right? It, it, and again, it's not bad to do a series. Just make sure that not all your classes are a sequence or a series so that people feel that they can come even if they've missed a few weeks, right? Because they know everybody's going to be starting fresh from the same place again. Now, number 11, write your one page. Remember we mentioned our one page? Mention, uh, uh, rather, write your one page first and then change later if necessary. So we already mentioned that you should write a one page for your Sunday school lesson. But more importantly, you should write your one page before you do anything else. This is a really important part of the creative process, right? Establish the overall conceptual coherence and flow of your lesson first. If you don't do this, you'll simply be writing a, like the stream of consciousness treatise, right? It's extremely hard to follow, extremely hard to create coherence and flow from a stream of consciousness manuscript. So create the order first, then introduce the chaos, okay? Builders don't put up the drywall, hang the light fixtures, paint the house before they ever build the frame or lay the foundation, right? That would be ridiculous. Foundation first, frame first. That's important. And then you can start filling it up with all the ideas. Same with planning your Sunday school lesson. Actually, it's sort of the exact same principle for your Sunday school lesson. Now, we're going to talk about some actual Sunday school prompts to which you can apply some of these principles. Now, these prompts are intended to give you a starting point for writing your Sunday school lesson plan. They're, they're categories of Sunday school lessons that you can use to build uh, an, ex, you know, an exceptional one-time lesson or a short series, depending on what your church audience enjoys and who they are. So the first prompt I'll give you is to have a Sunday school class on modern issues, okay? There are many modern issues which capture the minds and hearts of church members that are really ripe for biblical engagement. You simply need to ask, how do I think about these things biblically? Uh, that could be politics, right? Technology, the latest apps, mindfulness, yoga, mental health. How, how are Christians supposed to think about these things from a biblical perspective? That's actually kind of interesting, right? Which, which kind of flows back into the intrigue part of what we were saying earlier. These issues not only provide stimulating conversation, but will likely draw more people to come to Sunday school in order to hear what the Bible actually has to say about these important issues in particular. Number two, neglected texts, okay? A, a, a Sunday school class on neglected texts in the Bible. Now, Christians deeply desire to understand their Bibles. Sunday school teachers and pastors have the opportunity to open up difficult texts and to explain them so that God's word can become clear to them, which is a fantastic opportunity. People want to know what these texts mean. 
you know, the witch of Endor, right? The baptism of the dead, Paul's entrance into the third heaven. What, what do they mean? What, what, what actually are they talking about? What's, what's the reality there that they're referring to? Even if you explain just like the common views and don't come down on an interpretation yourself, people will at least be instructed in the common ways of making sense of a passage that on its face is nearly impossible to understand without some historical and theological help, like the kind that a pastor will get in seminary. Uh, A third prompt is a Sunday school lesson on church history. Now, the church didn't just zap into existence 30 years ago or even 100 years ago. It's existed for 2,000 years. And some say it is the oldest, longest lasting institution in the history of the world. And it's certainly the institution that God has established for the sake of his people and for the sake of the world. That informs what it means to be a Christian. People have been struggling with issues Christians face for thousands of years, which means there's this amazing catalog of wisdom that our forebears have given to us. How did people in the Middle Ages face the problem of of, of their extremely high infant mortality rates? How did people in the Reformation deal with the issue of church infighting, right? So so they're, they're dealing with disagreements while they're also trying to unify at the same time, right? What can Augustine's conversion Uh, from sort of a nominal secularism, teach us about what God can do in the human heart. The lives of the saints and sinners that compose church history are instructive for us. They are a gift from God to us. Uh, A fourth prompt for Sunday school is you can do a Sunday school lesson on theology. So so (laughs) that, that may drive away many people, right? But some people find theology itself to be very interesting because it puts the Bible together in a logical way. That can be very helpful for some people, right? I find it best to find topics closer to the heart of people's interest in theology, right? Like theological mysteries, the problem of evil, prayer, sovereignty of God. Those are interesting issues because they're interesting questions. By digging more deeply into theological issues, you may be serving a demographic that hungers for understanding where they uh, only see mystery, right? You, You can help them to gain clarity and resolution about some of the confusing issues at the heart of their faith journeys. A fifth prompt for Sunday school is you can actually have a Sunday school lesson on Bible study and application methods, right? How to, how to read your Bible and study it deeply. Many Christians want a deeper relationship with God, but aren't really sure how to study and apply the Bible to their own lives in a proper way. It's possible to teach a hermeneutics 101 course in you know, just an hour uh, uh, with, with the best online resources people can use to aid their study, right? If your one-hour class, you know, including Q&A, generates interest, well, then you can create a longer course, okay? Now, I hope all of these principles and prompts have been helpful for you, okay? Use these principles of audience engagement and lesson planning to build a deeply engaged church audience. If you do, you'll find that by word of mouth, people will show up to Sunday school and uh, you'll actually have a vibrant and healthy Sunday school culture in your church. People will actually start treating your Sunday school lessons as an exciting new, like a live podcast event, right? And not as like a dry old lecture that's all about showing everybody how smart the teacher is, right? Use these principles. Draw from these prompts. Let this be an opportunity for you to say, what does it mean for us to level up in our Sunday school culture to help our, our, our members and visitors become more engaged with Christ? Grow your Sunday school attendance from the lingering, faithful few to an eager and lively and fun community of engaged learners. Thanks for listening. Please review Modern Church Leader on Apple Podcasts and visit our website for more resources at tithe.ly or follow the links in the show notes.